If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Welcome into All Pro Lodge, the podcast. I'm Kostaki Economopoulos, your host. Thanks for being here. Yeah, let's listen to some more music, shall we? Once again, I'm your host, Kostaki Economopoulos. This is uh, Comedy Football Talk, All Pro Lines, the podcast. You know it, you love it. You're here, you're listening. Thank you for coming back to us. Uh, we very much appreciate it. Um, what can I tell you off the top? We got a lot to talk about. The uh, the Jets beat the Bills. What? Tom Brady couldn't get a touchdown until the last ten seconds. Uh, we had some other wacky games. We had a rough tackle a <laughs> tackle a player. We had. Uh, well, Brian Miller has some words to say about that. Brian Miller is our guest. He'll be in here soon. Uh, we love Brian Miller uh what else happened Mahomes is a wizard the Packers suck at football we have a lot to discuss uh, a couple of plugs here off the top first of all big giant thank you to the people of New Mexico I just got back I ended up driving I never get to drive to gigs anymore and uh well I've done some driving the last few months it's been fun I did I drove up to Oregon I did a few gigs in sort of central California that I could drive to and uh, this one was uh pretty far east i'm not sure i'd make the same choice again but i also loved it i uh had gigs in new mexico and i drove across a lot of california and all of arizona and uh the good thing about that part of the world it's beautiful it's ridiculous how nice it is in new mexico like every time you blink there's another cool landformer you're like oh look at that mesa look at this sandstone look at this red rock look at this crazy formation it's really beautiful. And Arizona's got range, man. When I was driving out the first night, uh, first day, it's like exactly what you imagine Arizona being for a stretch, like big sky with these mountain ranges kind of on the edge. Like it's a, you know, like it's the background to a Western and there's cactus and it's 89 degrees and it's dry. Cut to driving through Flagstaff area. It was, I'm in the mountains. Is tw- this is not an exaggeration. It was 27 degrees and it was snow and balls. And I was like, was this the same trip? And then, you know, I'm kind of white knuckling it for a little while with trucks around me and driving through the pass and snow. And then, you know, before you know it, sunshine again, beautiful, dry, dropped back down to, you know, like 55 and big blue skies and clouds. It was beautiful. Right, anyway. The gigs were super fun. I'm heartened by uh, people coming out and uh, people really excited to see my show. It was kind of it was kind of cool. Like people who know me from the radio and were glad to be there. And the Farmington gig makes no sense that it works every time I drive to Farmington. I'm like, what has happened to my life? And uh, the show is at the airport. There's a bar at the airport, but it's not in the airport. 
it's just where you go when you go to the bar in Farmington. <laughs> Makes no sense. There's no other place on earth I've ever seen like this. And the airport is largely dead now because of, uh, you know, they moved some of the big airlines to the other places kind of near there. Uh, the runway is too short for the new FAA regulation. So they couldn't extend it because it's, it's on a Mesa. It's uh, can't be extended. Uh, anyway, that's a little more background than you probably need, but the gig makes no sense. And the setup is terrible. And, uh, and it was amazing. It was such a pleasure. People were so kind and we had a crazy lady. It was, you know, chiming in and, and afterwards a guy came to me and goes, Hey, do you want, uh, you want to do something fun tomorrow? And I'm like, mm. he took me rock crawling. It's like four wheels, but like, like a four wheeler where you go up through the crazy, like, sandstone of new mexico but not like a four like a like a like an astounding achievement of human ingenuity um this thing like we i'm gonna post some videos it's it was amazing what we did it was so cool to ride around and uh, have this experience i never done anything like that so big thanks to alan in uh, new mexico and thanks to the cool uh, brewery in uh, in Albuquerque we'd never done before. And thanks to my buddies at 94 Rock for supporting that. That was a success, too. Um, so anyway, that's a lot of road talk, but I've, I loved it. It's fun. And I got some great gigs coming up. Go check out Kostaki.com. Going to Sioux Falls. Just today, it looks like we had, we're having a little back and forth. It looks like we're going to have to add a show. And that's a pretty big venue, so that's good news. Um I'm doing Nevada, Iowa the next night after that. Uh, I'm off to Waterford, Michigan, like suburban Detroit on the north side. I'm doing Minneapolis, Acme, New Year's week. Uh, and coming up uh, the first week of uh, January, I'm doing Terre Haute and Lafayette in Greensburg, Indiana. Shortly after that, I'm doing Mahomet, Illinois, and then back to Shelbyville, Indiana. And I'm working on settling some details on some stuff around Cincinnati in the spring and I'm I'm in talks to do some cool tiffin and and uh, Bay City maybe Michigan. I'm still working that out, and uh, I may get a chance to get to West Virginia. I'm booking stuff. That's what I'm saying. Check me out. You you're you're listening. You're probably in a Bob and Tom part of the world. So uh, I'm coming to you. I'll see you out there. Um, Go to the All Pro Line social media pages and chime in. Write some jokes. Enjoy some jokes. Uh, share some jokes. We got a little bit of a viral one this week. Uh, one was shared hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of times. So that's fun when that happens, like a little flare to the world, like, hey, look at us. So thanks for your help in that. Um, and while you're there, buy a T-shirt. You know, support the support the brand. It can wear, get a cool shirt. The shirts are super cool. I recommend the vintagey ones. The, there's a vintage green and there's like a cool there's like a heather red there's some of the off colors that are a little bit weird sounding they're they're excellent uh highly recommend uh cameo oh you got a gift for somebody you don't know what you don't know what to get somebody for like 30 bucks some crazy small number i don't even know what it is 35 you can have me like roast your buddy's favorite nfl team for for a minute and then i'll wish him a happy birthday he's never gotten that gift before that's fun and different and cool all right, let's see. We check the comments here. We got people chiming in. Ron, what's up, buddy? Jerry Oliver, good to see you guys. <laughs> Jerry said, Stark at 5.30 and wife's out of town. What else am I going to do? <laughs> we appreciate you joining us. Brian Morningstar. Hey, Brian Chambers. What's up, buddy? Good to see you. Heather. He <laughs> 
Heather enjoying the Econo Travelogue. Oh, there's an old-time listener right there. Thanks, Heather. I appreciate you, lady. Uh, Kevin Wilson, thanks for coming, guys. That's very kind. So we got Brian Miller coming up here in a sec. Let's uh, let's do some jokes, some of which Brian wrote, right? Brian Brian is the he's the he's my right hand man with the jokes. He's you know him, you love him. We'll get him out here in a sec. The two-minute drill. <laughs> If you're a Packers fan, this might be a good time to turn the podcast off. It's going to be a brutal couple of minutes. What is happening to the Packers? Losing to the Lions is the worst thing to happen in Wisconsin since lactose intolerance. The Packers are so bad right now. Brett Favre is embarrassed. He's so sad. He's flying his dick at half staff, everybody. That's a Brian Miller tagline right there. <laughs> Things are so bad for the Packers. They're bringing in Favre to handle the finances. Ooh, see, ooh, ooh, that's bad, right? And Kanye to handle public relations. The Packers suck. I'm actually looking forward to seeing how Kanye blames this on the Jews. That'll be fun. There's a joke I probably can't do on the radio. Uh, it's gotten so bad, it might be time for Elon Musk to buy the Packers and make them worse. Uh, Lions beat the Packers. I knew there were games in England and Germany. But not one in the twilight zone. What's happening? Suicide watch in Wisconsin. Confiscate the string cheese. You can't have them with their... When a Packers fan slits his wrist, does he use a cheese knife? <laughs> Packers are now the second leading cause of death in Wisconsin, uh, just behind cirrhosis of the liver. I've never tried ayahuasca myself, but watching the Packers offense makes me want to puke repeatedly into a bucket. <laughs> That's way funnier if you have a friend who's told you a lot about how ayahuasca works. Uh, the Packers are three and six. Uh, how is Green Bay's record worse than Aaron Rodgers' haircut? That's a fair question, right? Some people are saying this is Aaron Rodgers' worst game. I think that's still his dating game. I think that's his worst game. Or his family game. Or his science game. Or his haircut game. He's got some bad games. That's all I'm saying. The Packers are a Cinderella story but only the part where it turns uh, it turns midnight and everything goes to shit. So that's, that's just that part. Go Pack Go chant feels a little different now. Now it's more like a suggestion that they leave. The Packers are melting down. It smells like nachos. Aaron Rodgers is struggling so much. Pat McAfee has replaced him as the Tuesday guest with Jordan Love. Let me see. <laughs> oh, ho, ho, ho. Oh, Lieutenant Steve. There's a reference. Uh, good morning, Vietnam comedy. Anybody? Anyone recognize this? All right. To all the sad Packers fans out there, I would just like to say, keep your chins up. There's always bacon. All right. Now, Bears quarterback, same division here. Uh, Justin Fields had a game. My goodness. he ran. I think it was 178. Yeah, I got to check that. But it was some crazy big number. There's a man who's trying to escape Chicago. Fields broke Michael Vick's record for most rushing yards by a quarterback in a game. That's if you don't count Vick's yardage running from his past. Congrats to Justin Fields for drawing a comparison to Michael Vick that's not horrifying. It's kind of amazing. Tom Brady didn't score a touchdown until the final 10 seconds. I was wondering if Giselle got, a, got custody of the end zone there for a minute. 
There's some people out there daydreaming about Giselle's end zone. <laughs> Uh, of course, there was a flag at the end of that game. Brady hasn't retired. He's just playing flag football now. This fucking guy. He's now part owner of a pickleball team. Anybody? Which begs the question, how many years of being the best quarterback of all time does it take for you to buy your own pickleball team? He doesn't have the finances to get a whole... What? You got you to gotta chip in for a pickleball team? If you had asked me three months ago if I thought I could buy a pickleball team, I would have said yes. What is it, 50 bucks? Who's fucking watching pickleball, for the love of God? Tom Brady's not even probably allowed to eat pickles. Does he... <laughs> oh, if Tom Brady becomes the world's greatest pickleball player and dominates the sport for 10 years, I'm going to never stop vomiting. This fucking guy. Texans running back Damian Pierce got high praise for his career day. In other news, Baker Mayfield went to the mall for their career day. You see, because he's having a bit of a... Actually came in and played pretty well this, this week. Uh, Baker still hangs out uh, in empty football stadiums, like in the ad, but the current ones are only empty because he might play. You see. All right. In my fantasy league, this is actually true in two leagues. We have the Grits Blitz and the Greek Blitz. Right, someone was complaining. They always get them mixed up, so I set them straight. The grits blitz comes from the south, and the Greek blitz comes from behind. Huh? All right. Um, <laughs> breaking news. Oh, Matt Ryan in search of a third team to pay him not to play football this season. Good luck to you, buddy. <laughs> Well, the other reason you should come to join the uh, All Pro Line socials is Mini Helmet Theater. I'm going to try to record it tonight if I can. Uh, it's a ridiculous thing. It's where I save all of my silliness that doesn't fit quite with the rest of the segment. And we do a little thing called Mini Helmet Theater. All right, let's check in on the comments. Susan, how Clark is in here. What's up, lady? Uh, dee, dee, dee. Ryan Chambers says, if you're a Packers fan, there's probably a lot of changes you want to make. <laughs> Goodness gracious. Ron's a big Vikings guy. This must be fucking joy for him. <laughs> uh, Jerry Oliver, you had fields in your home league and still lost. How much does the rest of your team suck? There was everyone on buy. I had him on my bench in the all pro lines listener league. And now I got to sweat out tonight. Everyone's bringing their best game against me in that league lately. Goodness gracious. All right, let's uh, let's bring in our guests. Let's give them a proper intro before I even let them in here. Let's see. What do we say about Brian Miller? He's one of the best writers in America. I'm lucky enough to call him my uh, my writing partner here at All Pro Line. Some of the jokes that you heard today and some of them that you hear all over the place are from Brian Miller. He's great. Uh uh he's one of the great comics from the from the Minneapolis crowd up there, the Acme guys. Uh check him out online and uh follow him on Twitter and do all the things. Here he is, Brian Miller, everybody. Hey, I look a little grubby, I'm seeing, uh, as I look in the mic here. I'm looking a little rough. My wife is gone, you know? So uh, not forever. She's okay. She's not departed or anything. But I was going to say, it looks the opposite. It looks like she just washed you and, and combed your hair. Well, I did comb my hair, but I feel, I don't know, it feels phony. It feels, uh, you know, it feels like uh, it feels like if you like put a napkin over a pile of like broken glass and you're like, well, I can't see the broken glass. I'm the broken glass and this is the napkin. It looks, you look like, it's a little bit like a ventriloquist dummy. It's a little yes. too perfectly done. Yeah, I think I might need to take a quick shower and uh, do some maintenance work before I go to my show tonight. 
Here's the good news. No one watches this shit. It's uh, most everybody is listening. There's very That's few very people. fortunate for them and we for have me. A, we have a tiny trickle of the hardcores. These good people right here in the comments. Uh Todd Theroff, what's up buddy? He's sent a few uh killer jokes over the years. Uh Yeah, uh a, a gigantic percentage of the uh, con consuming of this podcast is uh without the video component. So I think saying, I work best on audio anyways. So. Yeah, we both have a face for radio everybody. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Good to see you, man. I know there's a lot to discuss. Tell me about your life first. What What's going on? You've been on the road? Are you hanging out? Uh, well, uh, I got my car stolen, and then uh, the water main to my house broke, so I had no car, and I had no water to my house for nine days. <laughs> you've You've been through the ringer, man. Yeah, it's so it's been exciting. Fun. But now my wife's in Ireland, and uh, I'm uh, I'm all alone, and it's not the worst. You. <laughs> <laughs> safe to say she's never gonna listen to this shit <laughs> god no she doesn't listen when i talk to her which is my podcast <laughs> right there live and actually here's the thing obviously i would be very sad if she's like well isn't never coming back but you know she's coming back totally understand i've scheduled some fun stuff this week yeah i was gonna say i'm, I'm surprised you're not drunk and out somewhere already Oh, I was drunk last night. I was pretty good last night. Yeah, I, in fact, I had a, a pretty solid bachelor night. I uh, I got I got pretty liquored up, and I watched all of the Sunday night football game, and then I watched the Weird Al movie that just came out. Oh, which is how's a, that? It's really funny. It's like a Weird Al song parody of a biopic. So nothing in the biopic is particularly true, and it's so if you can kind of imagine like if Weird Al Weird Al'd a script about his life. Did he write it? No, I mean, somebody kind of did that, but he's in it. He plays a music executive who hates Weird Al, <laughs> which is very fun. It's it's uh, quite it's, it's quite funny because uh, there's a running gag in the movie that everybody is just completely blown away by the concept of changing the words to a song. That is like, how did you do that? You changed the words. It's like he's doing this magical. It's very funny. My wife would have hated it. Uh, so, you know, overtime football game and two hours of Weird Al has real bachelor energy. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you. We had, yeah, that's right. We've had some, uh, we had overtime Falcons recently too. It's not Oof, this week. What happened? That Chargers game, I didn't see it, but I was kind of following along with it. How did you guys blow that one? Uh, ugh. I actually listened to every down. I was driving across Arizona. First of all, let me complain. On Saturday, I was driving through northern New Mexico from Farmington down to Albuquerque, and I was desperately trying to find the Georgia-Tennessee game. One against three. I don't know if you know. Uh, it was kind of a big game, uh, but I couldn't find it because I had I was listening to the fucking Lobos play Utah State or some shit. It was like Ranchero music on nine stations, and I then swear like there, uh, was, there, there were like five. The Rattlesnake Bowl was on or something. No, none of them involved anyone in the top five hundred team. It was ridiculous. Uh, but weirdly, on the on Sunday, I'm driving across Arizona back to LA, and. The one game that was on was Falcons Chargers. And now why? I guess Chargers? Uh, no. I mean, it's closer than Atlanta, but it still doesn't make any it was sense. Just, I feel like it was just random. It was like they sure. just picked one of the game because yeah. the Cardinals game was the one that in the later hour. Right. That was it. Yeah. That was the noon window or the so 3 30 early window. window. Whatever, yeah. And Cowboys were on a buy. I imagine Cowboys might be on a short list. In Southern California, they used to be farther in Southern California, I guess. It's probably the next closest team. That's pretty I, weird. I mean, that whole region is a little Cowboys-esque, like when you mm -hmm. ask crowds and stuff. Interesting. Anyway, so I got the Falcons. I listened to the whole thing. It, it was exactly what you think it was. It was just like 
some some bad decisions and some goofiness at the end, and the game just kind of got away from him. Like, <laughs> and didn't the DB recover a fumble, but then fumble himself and give it back to the Chargers? Yes, that yes, that was that was That's the key. Tough. But but even separate from that, it was one of those where it was just like spiraling downward at the end. You're like, what? And, that I've, and then when I got home, I actually saw the replay of that. I'm like, ugh. Because <laughs> he didn't, like, for, I haven't seen it, but from what I heard, like, he didn't, <laughs> it's not like somebody punched the ball away from him. He literally was like, I don't know how to carry this thing. Yeah, right. Like, yeah, I've seen totally guys stopped. do it near me many times, <laughs> but I don't know what they're doing. <laughs> it's always funny to me when guys in football have, like, <laughs> almost literally zero talent at some part of the game. Like, I understand, like, you know, it's obviously there's very different jobs. You know, people have different stuff. But, like, you can't kick a ball a little bit. Yeah. You know? I know. You ever think of the guy where, like, like you can't, like, you ever think they have, like, the backup kicker, right? The kicker will get hurt. And, like, all right, we got this guy as our backup kicker. And he's, like, clearly the best, the second best guy on the team who's not the kicker. And he comes and he'll kick, like, 12 yards. You're like, I, I think I could kind of do that. Like, isn't there it somebody is amazing that, like, high school level? It is amazing that the punter and the place kicker can't at least be pretty good backups for each other. I mean, part of that's the holding operation, right? Because then the punter is such a the holder expert. So then if you replace the holder, now you have two people doing a thing they can't do. But it's kind of <laughs> weird to me that the punter can't do a kickoff. Like you can't like you can't set the ball in a tee and then run and kick it. That's actually one of the few football things I can do. Very yeah, few, but say, I can do a kickoff. I, I understand that like like catching a punt, a, sure. like a snap uh, is must be terrifying. To Long a snapping <laughs> is really specific and really hard, right? Like I'm sure you have to really practice as a long snapper. Yeah, so that part I get, but yeah, if the punter can't be the second best field goal kicker on a football yeah. team, what the hell is he doing? I mean, again, there's the holding does throw that <laughs> off, but I mean, especially on a, a good old fashioned, we scored and we're kicking off. Like the ball's just sitting there on a tee, just run and kick it. Yeah, how is it like that sometimes there's like a weird defensive back who's better at that than the punter? That makes no yeah. sense. I, I'm always baffled by that. But one of these guys, like, you know, these defensive guys get the ball and they hold it like it's a live chicken or something. And you're like, <laughs> dude, you've been on the field with this ball for most of your life. Like, I understand you're not going to be Barry Sanders with the moves or you're not going to be Devontae Adams with the catches. But, like, put two hands on the ball. You got big hands. Right. Put them on there. Hang on to it, buddy. <laughs> and actually he has to know intellectually that if falling down is probably the better yeah. path to success but yeah i guess in the moment it's so exciting you can't you can't yeah. not run with it <laughs> can you imagine i always think it's funny when one of those really big guys screws up like can you imagine trying to yell at a 325 pound can you believe you screwed that up you're screaming <laughs> at him and you're like this guy could murder you he could murder basically any normal person quite easily could. Oh yeah, for sure. And you gotta like shout at him. Like, Mike Zimmer's like five nine worth of beef jerky shout at some guys. <laughs> That's my Mike Zimmer. Kind of got a uh, little. Sounds like a. Uh, I was thinking Mike me... Zimmer sounded like a uh, um, a character from uh, um, oh the Beavis and Butthead guy, <laughs> the King of the Hill guy. You know, I always seemed like one of those characters. <laughs> he Zimmer is hard to believe. He the combination of things is hard to believe that that's a person. Yeah, like the coaching style, the face, the girlfriend, the voice. Right. I was going to say fit. the girlfriend. And not just oh. the girlfriend. Like He had like a pattern of this sort of like yeah. weird, like supermodel, somewhat young girlfriends. Like who, what, are there, is there a little slice of supermodel taste that 
Mike Zimmer is the answer? What I don't understand. He, maybe he's hilarious. I don't know. Like, because I get the whole data rich <laughs> no. guy thing. I get the data rich guy thing. That makes sense to me. But of like, course. But like when I think of a rich guy that you date, I think of like, I don't know, Sean Connery. Right. I'm well dressed. I smell good. I'm very elegant. Like you're kind of paying to look good, right? You're right. Like, you drive Zimmer a looks BMW like my dad. And, right. Zimmer right. legitimately looks like my father, who is a regular blue collar guy, you know? Yeah, if you saw him raking leaves, you wouldn't even notice no. him. Oh, right? he was my neighbor. You, you would think my house was better than his house if you just right. watched us both raking leaves. Yeah, yeah, right. So he's like, yeah, he's not right. really got the other rich guy. He has the money, but he doesn't really have any of the other stuff that you associate <laughs> with like, well, I can see why she would be entranced by the lifestyle. He's like spitting skull into an empty Dr. Pepper bottle. and Yeah, and he's not like charming at a press no. conference. He's not well-spoken or handsome or interesting in any way that's obvious to a kind of casual observer yeah he's got bigger uh, put your panties on we're going out back kind of a uh, you know kind of kind of energy he couldn't nice. even inspire kirk cousins who's like the most amenable human being in the planet he couldn't get along with kirk like say what you will about kirk kirk wants to get along you really yeah, want right. to get yeah. along like yeah. i can just imagine kirk like standing outside his office like maybe he's gonna come out and talk to me soon you know <laughs> I like Kirk. By the way. How about that clip of him partying on the plane this week? Oh, I love <laughs> it. I look. I think it's really interesting. Like, I I really wish I could talk more to these guys because I think it's like Kirk is a really interesting guy, and in that he's he realizes exactly what brand of white dork he is. He's yeah. really self aware. Like, he's not, but he is a dork. Like, it's an inescapable dorkiness. But he like kind of owns it and he's kind of cool with it and I, I really think it's interesting I, I his relationship with these like super cool young black guys like justin jefferson like what different vibes there are they couldn't be more different vibes but they it's seem to get along quite well like I, those guys seem to like him almost like a leader but also kind of like a mascot you know like yeah is it I, I was it's funny you bring this up because i thought the same thing when i was watching that video of like i want to go i want to understand the social connection of this situation do you just sort of accept that each of you checks a different box in the needs of a team and you're all in the same have the same goal and so there's this weird like almost like corporate friendliness that comes with it it's like office politics friendly how does I think, this work i think if i had to guess i think they kind of I mean, first off, I, I, I think Kirk's good. And I thought Kirk was good for a while. He's frustrating, but he's good. And I think anybody appreciates having a good quarterback. It just makes everyone's life a lot easier. But I think he yeah. probably really is so nice that even when he's dorky, you know, that those guys are like, yeah, but he's good. And like, he's a friendly dude. He just, to them, he's probably like a zoo animal, you know? Because, <laughs> like, I'm probably, I'm probably, like, exactly in the middle <laughs> of the Kirk Cousins, Justin Jefferson scale. You know, like... I'm 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 a white dork, but like I'm not even close to Kirk Cousins dorky. You know, what I mean? yeah. I mean, right. like he, he drives the dented van, and he's sort of super religious, and he's just real kind of super squaresville. But I find his squareness sort of charming, and I like that. You can tell that he think it's a, like, and also he's older than them too, which is part of it. But like By a lot, right? He sort of you can tell that it's kind of like the college professor who knows he's sort of a dork, but likes the enthusiasm his students have for his class. Yeah, you know, but then that. with this with this sort of added not just a racial dynamic because it's like Kirk is beyond white. He's like corny, like he's white <laughs> for a white guy. And then you got these guys like, oh, I'm 23, I'm a multimillionaire, I got these cool chains, I'm one of the most physically gifted human beings on the planet. Right, and that's my friend. <laughs> yeah, right. You like that? 
I like, yeah, I, I, and I do. I really enjoy Kirk and I enjoy the dynamic with the players. I think the vibes feel really good on the Vikings right now. And I actually think even if they'd lost a couple of these games, the vibes would still feel good. They're yeah. a good vibe team, even if they're not a great team. Yeah, they're safe now. They could, they could have a couple bumps in the road and be, I mean, that. Oh, if they go 500, they make the playoffs, no question from here on out. Yeah, that's right. No, nobody's catching them in this division. It's ridiculous. Oh, so no, that's the other thing is they're basically guaranteed. I mean, I think there's a world where the Vikings collapse, but I don't think they will, and where the Bears turn it on because the Bears are looking not as bad as they should, and Fields is looking good. But I don't think the Pack. I, I think the Bears are much more the risk than the Packers of catching the Vikings. I think I said this on a prior episode with somebody else. I feel like the Bears are the what they did with Justin. Justin, the media complained about how the Bears were employing Justin Fields. And the Bears changed how they are employing Justin Fields. They're letting yeah. him be him. They're letting him run the ball and put it down and just go bananas and options. And, you know, they're not, they're not asking him to stand there and throw the ball, which is what they did for the first month. And it was terrible. And yeah, now they're, they've know, completely changed what they're doing with him. Remember Harbaugh did that with uh, with uh, old uh, uh, Lamar over in Baltimore. It was like right after he, you know, Lamar had been so incredible that first year, they tried to kind of root him in the pocket more. And I obviously you want to build that skill set, but you're like, I don't know, you, why? <laughs> Let the guy yeah. run. Like maybe when he gets older, he develops into more of a pocket passer out of necessity. That that happens to a lot of people, but. Right. Let him go. I mean, that's why you got Fields. That's what you know. I, I was watching Mahomes run last night, and you're just like, this is so fun. Yeah. Oh, Mahomes is a wizard. It was such a pleasure to watch. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Speaking of the really... Vikings, though, we got to get back to the Vikings because I got a, I got a yeah, bone talk... to pick. I don't think enough people are talking about that referee tackle. I am. I agree with you. Actually, I was looking forward to seeing the whole segment on SportsCenter about it, and it didn't yeah. exist. They kind of just like blew by it. And um, it really came close to quite literally determining the outcome of the game. Well, that's I mean, what I think happened. It didn't. Yeah. The, the team that it was against won, and so it kind of went away. But if and, if yeah, they had and, lost, it would have been a big story. <laughs> yeah. And, and Minnesota, I mean, here's the thing. Obviously, the biggest problem was that they punted like 94 times <laughs> in the, between the second and fourth quarter. I mean, it was so their offense needed to be doing more. But that play was so incredibly impactful. And if, if people haven't seen it, I would say, go go look at the GIF. Go look at the highlight on YouTube or something. I mean, the ref runs into Bynum. The other two, there's triple coverage on the receiver. Heineke throws this thing. It's a terrible throw. It's just like a Hail Mary prayer. Yeah, it's a uh, deep pass, right? right? Basically an arm punt, almost. Yeah. I mean, it was pretty bad. And so he flings it all the way down while he's under pressure. And... Kim Bynum, the Vikings defender, has such a good line on the ball that the other two defenders actually move back away from it a little bit to A, let him catch it, and almost just play a little like, well, it bounces off Cam's hands. We'll have the guy from behind, and maybe we push it away from him or something. But they're like just like Cam's making the play. So they're doing everything right, and this ref just doesn't see Bynum and just, I mean, throws an incredible block. Wouldn't you describe <laughs> it as an incredible block? It's funny to watch because he he he's like he's in panic mode and he's trying oh, yeah. to get out. Of, he's try he realizes he's in a bad spot and he's 
it's like the it's like you were describing the awkward white guy you know bagging leaves he's just like oh i gotta get out of here and he kind of lunges exactly the wrong direction into the player and then when he hits him he like weirdly goes limp and does like a weird like scarecrow thing on the ground like he like a bag (laughs) of straw and you're like well it's too late now buddy i don't know but so the ball and then and then kind of miraculously the receiver bobbles and catches the ball but like so it's a touchdown so it, it was the only touch well they ended up scoring another touchdown later but to that point it's the only <laughs> touchdown they scored and it should have been a Vi- vikings ball so it's a a full seven point swing maybe as much as a 10 or 14 point swing on a game that comes down to a field goal at the end man i i, I wore out the word god damn it i was I- screaming in my house i was so how mad. is that not a do-over i mean if, if there's ever a do-over that should be a do they just let that be whatever it is what's the it's rule interesting on this? that if the receiver had done that to bynum it would have been defensive pa- or offensive pass interference of course right. you you cannot contact a defender at that level before the ball is there right either way clear. that's definitely a call right now I, I get that they can't you don't want to penalize it. nobody did anything the ref is considered like the goal post or like a lump <laughs> of dirt he's considered part of the field uh, okay <laughs> if you hit him but, on a punt you have to kick it over yeah no. no yeah if you hit the referee on a punt the punt is, is considered in play like the referee is so but it was just like, dude, where were you going on that? Yeah, he, he literally runs into the crowd. It was, inc- I was just, and it, I remember thinking the Vikings <laughs> have bad luck, but if the referee throwing a block is going to be really beyond the pale, because <laughs> there was a bad call before that. I would argue that the uh, the Vikings, there was an interception that should have been a uh, pass interference. It was borderline okay, but I was like, look, I'm not usually a blame the refs guy, but this was about as clear a blame the refs scenario as you get. Yeah, absolutely. So obviously, you guys in your in the city you live in, you've heard some talk about this. The rule is you just do nothing. Just whatever. The ref happens, is considered. Happens. He's considered part of the field. He, he, you know, so like anything that anytime you run into the ref, if they're you know, you throw the ball and it hits him in the face. I think you put it this way. Okay, here's a good example. Uh, Tom Brady's panicking. He's uh, you know, he's under fire. He flings the ball as hard as he can. He doesn't see the ref. The ball hits the ref in the face and bounces up in the air, and the other team intercepts it. That is a good interception because the ref's part of the field, and the ball never contacted the ground. Yeah, okay. I guess but I, Mike Pereira or one of those rules douches. Um, no, it's Dino Blandino, who I kind of like. He came on, and he was like, yeah, technically this is the rule. He's like, it's real unfortunate. You can tell he was, like, shamed as someone involved <laughs> in officiating. Like, this is, like, the nightmare <laughs> scenario of what you don't want to do. It's like you're the tennis ball boy and you crash into Serena Williams's knee and hurt her knee or something. You're like, well, that's, <laughs> that's as bad as you can do. That job right there. How could, all right, here's the next question. Why doesn't this happen more often? This is only like once, like twice a year, there's some ref involved in the play. Yeah. How, how are they usually so good at avoiding this? You, and usually when they do get caught up in it, I've seen it happen a few times. And and usually when they do, you can kind of see, it's like, oh man, there was a big pile of guys. He was trying to keep it, you know, the piles moving or there's a big group and he kind of oh, gets right. caught up in a flock or something. It's like walking dead. There's all of a sudden he's surrounded. He's got nowhere to go. I've seen right. it happen where you're like, dang, dude, you're doing your best, you know? But this one, <laughs> I, I saw people on, on Twitter saying like, uh, that was so obvious he did it on purpose. And I was like, no, honestly, if you did it on purpose, you would have to make it look better than that. Yeah. yeah you no. know, like, I mean, this was so, this, this looks so on purpose. On the there's just no way it was on purpose. Like, 
he did everything but wrap him up. It was unbelievable. I was. I went back oh and watched it a couple times because I knew you were going to want to talk about it. And I was also fascinated just from my own. First of all, I was shocked it wasn't a bigger story on sports. Yeah. I mean, it'll be in like blooper top 10 stuff, but it wasn't considered like a sports story where it's like, no, this almost affected the outcome of a game. And if the Vikings play pretty well, that could have been the difference between home field advantage or not for them for the, for the playoffs. Well, there was a big chunk of that game where they were losing 17 to seven. I was listening because that the, the commanders were my sneaky pick in the, uh, in the confidence pool, I, I always like to pick one like crazy thing to happen. And I thought I was in good shape for most of the game. I was like, oh, the commanders are going to win this game. Vikings couldn't get any turnovers early either. And they're uh, a very turnover dependent team. Uh, they're very much dependent on turnovers and not committing penalties. And they, uh, they actually did a reasonable job of that. Where, where do you rank Kirk Cousins as current NFL quarterbacks? Oh, I think Kirk's never going to be in the top five because he just does not have... Um, he just doesn't have the the, the physical talent of, of the guy of, of an Allen no. or a Mahomes. Uh, I mean, maybe even Tua. I think I, I was actually thinking about this. I think part of Kirk's limitations, he's terrible at throwing on the run. Like he almost can't throw on the run. And mm. I, I, I'm guessing his throwing motion is much more dependent on the mechanics of his lower body. Uh, and so he really needs to be planted. Now, when he's planted, he throws a pretty deep ball, but he doesn't even throw a good intermediate pass on the run. Uh, I just don't think he's uh, got a lot of upper body, a lot of arm on him. Um, and so that's an inherent limitation. Um, but he, all right. So we can easily agree. He's not top five. Yes. And he's not bottom five. Do we just keep chopping oh, no. away? Until oh, we're in he's the middle? for sure in the top half. I think there's no question he's in the top half. But he's uh, at the bottom of that range. Yeah, I think he's somewhere in the 10 to 12 ish range. I'll buy that. I mean, like Gino is playing better than him right now, for instance, but I don't think it's fair to rank Gino over Kirk unless you're saying like maybe right this moment, but like you, you got to give him a little more time. I think Gino is going to regress, you know, back to earth. But like, honestly, I do not. And this is an unpopular opinion. I don't think Kirk is much worse than Dak or that Dak is much better than Kirk. I think yeah, Dak, I think, uh, Dak gets too much love because he's the Cowboys quarterback and he seems cool. And no, I agree. I, I think people obviously now Dak is good, but I think Kirk is like a seven, eight, nine guy who people want to, for various mental reasons, kind of push back toward 15. But Dak is like a seven, eight, nine, 10 guy that people weirdly want to push toward the top five. And I, I don't think Dak's there. Yeah, no, I agree with everything you said. Uh, they're both not top five and probably top half. Right? But yeah, people, when people talk debate. about Dak, they're like, oh, you can win a, we can win a Super Bowl with Dak. And then when people talk about Kirk, they're like, yeah, but you, can you win a Super Bowl with them? And it's like, I don't know. I don't – I think if they were both the quarterback of a really good team, either one of them could win the Super Bowl on a really good team. I totally agree. I think he's – I think he's in the – I think it, basically it, it, a top half quarterback can win a Super Bowl, right? Yeah, and I think – I mean, that's ultimately the question is like, can – now, obviously what you want is a guy who can win you the Super Bowl. Mahomes, yeah. Allen. Yeah, there's like – three four of those guys at any point in time right you know right. there's not really a surplus there's fewer now i think that you're going like well i don't know the brady and rogers are the, they're not that guy anymore no they certainly are not not uh, this year and fields might be developing into one um you know lamar's sort of streak not streaky he's real good but you're every now and then he does some boneheaded stuff that make you wonder Maybe, maybe right. not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I think I think the real question when you're, if you're like, can my quarterback win a Super Bowl? And I feel like as a Vikings fan, I can say, absolutely, Kirk could win a Super Bowl. Yeah, I, I, really, I really think he could. 
Um, yeah. I, now I think he's going to need a really good team and a really good scheme. And, you know, we'll see. Do I, I don't think it's likely, <laughs> you know, I'm not like, I'm not putting any money in Vegas down, but that's, that's, I think it's brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Very possible. Yeah. All right, let's do uh, let's do some kudos. Sure. My kudos. No, I'll I'll give a nod to Tua, but my kudos going to the Jets. Sure. The six and three Jets, who just beat what seemed to be the only unbeatable team in the league, which I can't believe they beat the Bills. Yeah. Every other team seems like fallible. And I just thought the Bills are going to be this unstoppable machine all year. Not the they, Eagles? You think the Eagles look fallible despite eight and zero? Yeah. In fact, I'm surprised they're eight and zero. They feel fallible to me. They feel like. They're going to have an embarrassing hiccup here at some point. Um, <laughs> I hope it's against the Vikings in the playoffs because holy smokes, did they crack the Vikings? Yeah, right. I mean, it was that Vikings game was miserable. I mean, it, it, it did not look competitive at all. Now, how come the Vikings have won all of their other ones? Have they just played teams that are significantly less good? I think the Viking. Well, here's the thing: the Vikings haven't really played a really good team in a good scenario. I think the Dolphins are pretty darn good. They're playing with Skylar Bolks, who, by the way, was going to, or not Skylar Bolks, that's a comedian, Skylar Thompson, uh, who was going to crush them until he got hurt. And then Teddy wasn't ready, basically. You know, it, it, so they kind of got lucky against that. Um, I think it's, but also now they played the, they played Philly in week two when they were still very, very new with the, the offense and everything. And Kirk was struggling to get the offense going. They didn't have TJ Hawkinson, who's, I think, going to make a big difference. So I think it's going to be real interesting to see how the Bills game with the Vikings goes next week. I think it's going to show, well, now, otherwise, does Allen play? I think there's a good chance that the Vikings have another stroke of incredible luck and they play the Bills without Josh Allen. Now, if you play the Bills without Allen, the Bills, by the way, not one-dimensional. I think the Bills, I don't even know who their backup is, but they could win with a backup. But they're they're definitely more beatable. They're a good team top to bottom, that's true. Absolutely, their defense is scary. I heard a really... Big drop-off from Josh Allen to whoever that is. There's a huge drop-off from Josh Allen to anybody except for basically Mahomes almost, you know? Yeah, I agree. I think that's exactly um, right. And so, but there's really, I heard a great stat about them, and it's probably not true anymore, but it was true as of last week. As of last week, the Bills were number one, I think, in like pressure rate or pass rush rate. You know, they've been basically, they've done the best pressuring of the quarterback, and they were 32nd in blitzing. So they, they had the best pass rush rate hmm. and they were doing it with their front four. It's like, yeah. well, how do you stop that? And that is a sneaky, amazing statistic. That is. Uh, I like for that a, team that a lot. You think about the Viking or the, you think about the offense, you know, when you think about the bills and, uh, but that defense it's like, okay, so the Vikings have to compete against that regardless of who's throwing the ball. Right. Um, oh, that's great. If you can do that, you could drop seven. Let's yeah. I and, actually, and the quarterbacks in a hurry. Yeah. 
I and I really kind of weirdly hope that Allen plays. I know I should be hoping the other, but I really want to see this Vikings team play a good team with all their guys. I, I if they lose by 10, but it's like a good loss, I'll be like, okay. I want to see that they have a chance in a game against a good team. Otherwise, right. the playoffs is pretty much a fait accompli. I mean, you know, you go like, ah, maybe we get the, you know, maybe the Falcons in the wild card round, somebody beatable. And then all of a sudden you're like, okay, as soon as we play the Eagles or if the Cowboys are looking good, really, you know, toast. So uh, Bills next week, Cowboys after that for the Vikings. Uh, I think those are going to be really interesting games. I think if the Vikings get pretty well smoked by the Bills and the Cowboys, you can go, we're a fun wildcard team. And we're gonna be a we're gonna be fun in the first or you know we'll win the division, but we're gonna be a fun first round probably loss or definite second round loss. Like enjoy your enjoy your one playoff game while you get it. You're not yeah, gonna yeah. enjoy the second one probably. Hmm. Um, but even if they just play them tight, and I I I think people do underrate that the, the, they both have gotten weirdly good luck with it, the injuries and they're like you know they beat the Packers, which seemed pretty cool until we turned out they're the super beatable team. <laughs> um, you know, and so things have just kind of gone their way. They've it, been pretty tight. Uh, like kind of, so, uh, I, I need to see the next two weeks. It's going to say everything about them. Even if they lose the next two, I think good losses for the next two, if they can go two and two and two in the next four, they're in good shape. Yeah. All right. Give me a, give me a taps. Taps to Jim Ursay. Uh, oh, oh man, wow. I'm loving Jim Ursay right now. So he, he like, like Jim Ursay, uh, in, in true Jim Ursay fashion, he's all over the road. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, so today he fired Frank Reich, who I think is a pretty solid head coach. Uh, the Colts are abysmal, so I get why he fired him, but the, Frank Reich has had five starting quarterbacks in the first game, different starting quarterbacks in the first, last five years. He's not had a quarterback for more than a year. And most of those quarterbacks have been terrible. We had one year of Andrew Luck, but he was hurt. And then, you know, you've got, you just got, you got names I don't even remember. I was like, I forgot that guy even played for them. Uh, yeah. The Wentz for a year. So it's the like. Bad Wentz, the Tired Rivers, right? Yeah, he had a tough tired, run. Tired Rivers, Bad Wentz. Uh, I mean, so the guys just had no real chance. So Ursay just kind of does a panic move. I don't know why I didn't fire Chris Ballard for putting together a god-awful team for Frank Reich to try to coach. Uh, boy, if I'm a bad team looking for a new coach, I'm calling Frank Reich today. I'm saying, like, how soon can we get Frank Reich in this building? Hmm. Uh, I think he's one of the best fired coaches of, of recently. But then, like say, also, he's the guy who's going to get Dan Snyder to sell the Redskins because he shot his mouth off to a reporter. Uh, you know, all the other owners are like, you know they're mad. I mean, you know what they're really mad about, too, which is not all the sexual harassment stuff. They're mad about him underreporting ticket sales. He, he, st- he stole money from the NFL. Money from his colleagues. <laughs> <laughs> he's literally like they're all going to dinner and they're all putting money in for the tip and he's going back into the restaurant taking 40 bucks back off the table and put that's right wallet. that's exactly I mean, right you know they're mad about it but they they're the omerta runs so deep in the nfl ownership cabal it is as rigged it's basically the american illuminati Help right me with like, that word omerta that, that is the uh that is the mafia code of silence that says it does not matter what we do to you we never oh. rat on each other we never go to the cops you keep it within the system all justice has to be within the system and so these owners have created this this thing that protects them from being basically anything short of international jewel thieves and still getting to keep owning these teams <laughs> and so 
But now the problem is that structure is protecting a guy who's stealing money from their pockets. And they're kind of up a creek. They're kind of screwed. Like, they're like, oh, man, we don't want to create a blueprint for taking ourselves out. And Jim Irsay, with his big, dumb, blowhard mouth, just comes out in public and goes, you know what? I think everybody wants to get rid of him. Yeah, and he just yeah. shoots his mouth. But he tells the truth. Uh, and and th- I think it was that public statement that probably set balls in motion behind the scenes that have now led to Snyder in looking into selling the team. Now, does he sell? Does he keep a minority stake? I don't know. I, I don't count Dan Snyder out as a scumbag yet. But I do think that because Snyder basically th- it threatens everybody else, right? He says, I-, I got a bunch of dirt on you guys. And if anybody tries to get me out, I'm going to burn you to the ground. Well, Ursay has such a horrendous public <laughs> record of human behavior that he's like, it was like, we literally, we, we've seen all the skeletons in Ursay's closet, you know? Yeah, right. So it's like, he's like, whatever. Everybody knows I'm a mess. That guy sucks. And so kind of his, his, his Jim Ursay-ness uh, was, was going to be a huge benefit to whoever picks up Frank Reich. And it can, will continue to be a huge detriment to the Colts. And yet it might get, help us get rid of Daniel Snyder. So, uh, I say kudos to Jim Irsay. Well, you, you didn't maniac. even touch on the one part that I thought you were going to give him kudos for, which is kind of a weird move. He hired Jeff Saturday to be the head coach, who is people know is the basically Peyton Manning center for most of his career. He's a great analyst on he does a great job on TV, but he's never coached even like fucking high school football. <laughs> I know it's such a bad hire. It's such a weird decision. I mean, like, you know he's called Peyton, right? He has to have called Peyton. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, right. Oh, he, just, he Jeff or he Ursay. Oh, Ursay. I'm oh, I'm sure. I'm sure Saturday. I'm sure Peyton will be happy to be like, uh, hey, hey, Jeff, here's some tips for you, buddy. I, I legitimately think Peyton, you know, who just, you know, one of the best football minds, will would, would be happy to give strategic oh, I'm tips sure. to Saturday's yes, old yes, buddy. Yes. I mean, I think those guys are just incredibly tight. Saturday seems like a cool guy, and I'm happy yeah, for does. him. And right. it would be, honestly, it would be sweet if Saturday turned out to be a fantastic coach. I just don't think so. <laughs> I mean, it just seems like. I mean, it's such a bold choice. <clears throat> it could succeed because he's just a force of nature and he's got all this gravitas and, you know. There's there's an intelligence and a football sort of credibility that comes with him that so overpowers having well, not yeah. ever fucking done this before in if any he had way. had a killer OC and a killer DC, and the OC is calling the plays, but you go, well, do the Colts have a killer OC and DC because they look pretty terrible right now? Yeah, and I don't right. think like it's funny that like if you were to show a giant list of all the Colts' problems and say what are they. I really think Frank Reich would be at the bottom of the list of things I would point to and say, it's that guy's fault. Now, does Jeff Saturday have the, uh, is he allowed to go, uh, Matt, Ryan, could you come back over here for a minute? Is he, what's the I don't status for is, that? Because I think that's a pure, that's a money thing. I think if they play Ryan for many more snaps, some sort of guaranteed thing kicks in and he gets money. So I think that's like, but also, you know, Ryan's not playing well. So it's like, if you're going to suck, suck with the cheap guy. Yeah, but I don't think you're not playing well. Not playing well is a certain standard that's but but the other kid is like a giant disaster from every snap of the ball. I mean, yeah, I don't know. Is there anybody (laughs) I don't even can't even think of anybody floating around? You know, I can't even think of like a a couch guy, you know, a a semi-recent retiree, an unhappy, you know. I don't know. The Colts oh, you, are screwed. Oh, you want to get a new quarterback in there? So, yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. I mean, it might be cheaper than Matt Ryan. 
Well, the, we already passed the trade deadline. You can't trade for like a pretty good backup. No, uh, I mean, that's what I mean. You have to sign a guy off his couch, basically. Yeah, there's nobody really. I don't think there's anybody like Cutler's Phillip been gone Rivers. too long or whatever. Yeah, I don't, I don't see it. <laughs> Exhausted. Uh, I think I, I, I'm Rivers. looking forward to the first Jeff Saturday coached game. I'll say that. I think that's going to be interesting. I just, I mean, I like Jeff. I met him briefly, and I, I, I think he's he's great on TV, and he definitely knows what he's talking about, and he's got some. I, gravitas is a perfect word for Jeff. There's something about him. Where he's got so much experience, and he's a smart guy that you're like, I, I fucking believe in this guy. But I, it is crazy to have a guy do a thing that he's never done at any level. It would it be like electing a- Herschel Walker to the Senate, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Please. Okay, Georgia. here's a compromise. Here's my Please. compromise. Please no. How about, how about we do a compromise? Jeff Saturday <laughs> becomes the senator from Georgia and Herschel Walker becomes the coach of the Colts. I think that is, I'll, I don't know anything about Jeff Saturday as a human <laughs> being, but I feel confident that that would be probably a lateral move. Bad for the baby, bad for the Colts and good for everybody. I'll take Jeff Saturday in the it's old. bad uh, for the Colts, but it'd be much better for the Senate. <laughs> <laughs> At least he can speak. God. Is a thoughtful human who can speak. How do you, I mean, I, I don't, I, I want my leader to be a policy wonk and a thoughtful human and a lot of other things. And I think we overemphasize, you know, skills as a speaker, but Jesus Christ, Herschel, what are you doing? I have many friends in law enforcement. <laughs> Today he said uh, he will protect the Martians because he has Martians in his family. What? He meant Mexicans. Oh. <laughs> it's hard to believe he's real. Uh, he, he, I was talking to my wife about this. He might be one of the stupidest human beings alive. Because think about how stupid he is right now. But then think about how rich he is. Like when you get a certain amount of money, you do get kind of swept up into a, a, a you're around a different class of people. You kind of get to learn more. You know, you kind of, you get a lot of benefits of the doubt. Like you, you, you know, I understand if you're like some poor farm boy, you know, from, from Iowa and you get signed to a team and you're 18 and you come to the big city and you're, you're a fucking yokel. Like I get it. Right. But like, once you get to be 40 and rich and you've been that rich, 50 and rich, you've been that, that long. You should have gotten a little smarter at some point <laughs> along the line. He's this dumb with all that money and all that help. And he really is just, just truly astonishingly stupid. how could he think that he would be good at this job what is he doing you i i met him once too and when i put my hand in his hand and he like my hand disappeared into this mm-hmm. giant you know and you look into his face and he's so charming and he was like the face of football to a kid who grew up in georgia like just be that you could be that for the next 20 30 years and that's it. That's all you got to do. You, you just occasionally speak at a thing and sign the jerseys and shake the hands and just have a good life. Why are you trying to do something that you're terrible at? I think legacy-wise, the best <laughs> thing that could happen to him is that he loses. Because I think if he loses, now we're getting into election speculation for football. I think if he loses, though, it becomes a little note and hit 10 years from now you're like man remember when he was a really bad candidate but he doesn't actually screw anything up because he lost right and and, and and the the years and years and years of football kind of trump the no pun intended one year of bad politics involvement but if he wins now he's oj right now it's like oh everything you did before we don't count that anymore we only count <laughs> stuff after the moment like he's gonna be the political sort <laughs> of oj where it's like no, no 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 you're a guy who did that and asterisk used to play football <laughs> 
that's true. If he wins, he's going to be weirdly famous in this chapter of his life. He's going to be a walking punchline for the next. It's crazy. What is he doing? Ugh. All right. I don't know. Hey, I'm not from Georgia. Don't 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 blame me. My poor mom calls me once in a while. And goes, I'm so embarrassed. You know. I'm sure. I mean, hey, I'm from. Uh, I lived in Illinois when they had Rod Blagojevich, who was like basically so crooked that he came with a pre-existing prison number when he when he was voted into the office. They I were remember like that guy oh, fitting him for the suit. Like, I mean, he literally had a. Um, I mean, he wasn't <laughs> stupid. He literally had like a, a a like a really expensive wooden like box. It looked like dual like dueling pistols, you know. And there was a hairbrush in there. And his assistant carried this fancy box, and he would open it and brush his stupid hair and put the See, put the brush. That's back the in guy the box. that you, I think of when you think of like uh, like a simple young pretty woman being attracted to a rich guy. That's yes. the type of guy. Yes, exactly. <laughs> kind of a little bit of a dandy, you know. Yeah, like is it yeah, can yeah. afford to look and smell good kind of stuff. Yeah, he's handsome and he's charming and he's gross, but she doesn't see that part, you know, like, right. Yeah, yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. All right, we got to do this. We'll do a quick version of this. It'll be fast. Now it's time for which comes first. Oh, yes, it's time for which comes first. Now tell me, will this happen before that happens? It's time for which comes first. Now, Glenn told me on the last time he was on here that uh, they were doing takes of this over and over and over again. It was him and Aaron. <laughs> I like to say it was Glenn singing to Aaron in a little bit. And Aaron was finally like, oh, we got it. We got it. And Glenn wanted to do more. He, was, he just wasn't sure they nailed it yet. <laughs> he's, like, he's like Kubrick or David Fincher. He's like, I want 100 takes. <laughs> it makes me Aaron, laugh so hard. We shot it once. We're done. <laughs> to see. Uh, to see. Uh, did I do something with the? Yeah, it makes me laugh so hard to imagine to envision an earnest, like excitable Glenn, like really committing. And Aaron's like, "We got it." Because <laughs> you All know, right, to get first. that tone, by the way, you know, but to get that tone, you know, he can't just like sit there stone faced <laughs> and sing it. You know, he had to smile. You know, you kind of gotta put your like yeah. voice act. Oh, you yeah, gotta, you got to get into it to make it come through with your voice. So yeah, I know. And this sure. is a really good take. And I'm sure it took a while to get to this, you know, and he's like in it now. And Aaron's like, we're good. <laughs> yeah. Which comes first. Glenn gets a good take or Aaron cancels the segment. <laughs> Aaron quits the podcast. <laughs> Maybe we know why. <laughs> it's not over till Glenn sings. <laughs> So which comes first, uh, Packers playoff appearance or Falcons playoff appearance? Falcons. Really? Yeah. They're in second place now. They've already fallen off the perch. Yeah, uh, I think the Packers – here's the thing. The the Falcons bounced off rock bottom. They, they kind of got to their bottom, and they're starting to hope to claw their way back up a little bit, right? They, they're pretty low. The Packers are still falling is the problem. Backers have a terrible situation next year, cap situation. They're just screwed. Brian Gutekunst, uh, the Packers GM, you know, he was so unwilling to commit to the Super Bowl window that he was really obsessed with this idea of it's kind of like whatever's the inverse of a competitive rebuild, which is like we're always building for the future, but we never really have to rebuild. And it was, I think it was a fantasy, a fallacy and a fantasy both of thinking that you could do that. I don't think it works that way. And they, they wouldn't spend any draft capital during that Super Bowl window. And we saw what happened. They lost some close playoff games and never got a title. Well, right. now 
they still have all that baggage. They all those guys that they paid, all that cap hit. They were always kind of selling the future out, but not willing to acknowledge they were selling the future out. Well, now, I mean, what are the? I still think Jordan Love is not going to be good at all. I think it's weird that people think Jordan Love might be good despite everything we've seen from him, and it being five years in, four going on four going on five. So I think the Packers are almost doomed not only to be bad for the rest of this year, but to be pretty bad next year. I don't think I don't think they get start getting better until at least 2024. Whereas I, I think the and then, then maybe they don't. Maybe they hit a snag. Maybe they sign the wrong guy. Maybe they, you know, we'll see. Um, but I think the Falcons have a better chance of uh of catching that momentum. Also, the Falcons are in a crappier division, and the Packers are gonna keep having to play the Vikings and the Bears. I think the Bears sneaky could be really good the next couple of years. Ryan Poles has been just hoarding draft capital and he just has a, just an obscene amount of draft capital coming up and they already have the quarterback of the future so it's not like they got us they don't have to bundle three picks for a first round quarterback they can just they can just start grabbing weapons and filling holes on that team and then pay fields a whole kit and caboodle in a couple of years to keep him around while everybody else is on rookie contracts so i think that i think the, interesting argument yeah the bears have a really good outlook for the next two to three years i think as long as cousin stays healthy uh, I think next year the Vikings may be looking at drafting a quarterback, but somebody's going to sit behind him for a year or two. I think you got at least another year or two of Kirk left. And I think there's no reason to think that's a bad thing. Um, they got an aging roster. They can fill some gaps. I don't think the Vikings are going to be pushovers next year, barring any uh, stuff. So the Packers have a pretty tough division. Yeah, the Falcons are down there in the South, man. They got some room. I don't think the Panthers yeah, are going to be any good anytime soon. Yeah, um, if Brady walks away next year, then there's yep. sort of a vacuum there. And if they can solve their quarterback problem, I mean, that's the reason that you would pick Packers in this, which comes first question, because they have a really good quarterback and the mm -hmm. Falcons don't. But that might change, you know, so we'll see. I think Rodgers could demand a trade or retire at the end of this year. I think this year has been his beer, the year has been so miserable for him already. And uh, I think the misery is only going to keep on coming. Yeah, I hope you're right. It's kind of fun to watch them. It's great, it's, isn't it? It's so fun. <laughs> I, lo I love that both of these guys are just completely their teams are terrible. Him and Brady both. All right, let's do let's do some. I got two quiz time questions for you. Sure. All right, all right, kids, put your thinking caps on. It's quiz time. You may have stumbled onto these as I did this week. And if so, we'll just use them as quick jumping off points to chat. But I just thought these were really interesting stats. Uh, as of this week, he has the most receiving yards through the first nine games in the Super Bowl era. 11. Tyreek? Yes. Yeah, I did again. Because he's on pace. He's on pace for 2,200, right? Because they're, I think they, they've hit eight games or maybe. Yes, even a, he has more. over 11. He has 1,100. I have it written here as 11,000. He, ha, he has 1,104 receiving yards through nine games. He just broke the record held by Calvin Johnson. And uh, was Tyreek was on the Dolphins last year, right? Am I mistaken? No, this is the no first, year. first year. Okay. Yeah, yeah, That's making yeah. a big difference. But I tell you, it makes me wonder what the hell they were doing down there in Miami. Tua looked so bad for a couple of years. And I've watched several Dolphins games this year. I'm like, this kid's fantastic. I yeah. love watching him throw the ball. Well, he got, he came into the NFL with a serious injury, and I think yeah. they've underreported that, and that was clearly a part of his slow development. Well, last year, you, you know, you, you got the the crazy owner trying to pay Brian Flores to lose. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. he's, Tua's team was being sabotaged out from underneath him. But even the couple of games that I did see him play, I was like, mm, I don't see it. And then I the couple I've seen this year, I'm like, 
it's not just like, oh, he's better than I thought he was. It's like if it's like if you thought he was sub Teddy Bridgewater and he turned out to be almost Josh Allen. Yeah, like, yeah. That's he's, a huge jump. Within the window of what we because we knew it was a big swing. We we're like, we're gonna know this year if two is for real. Everyone knew that coming in. And there yeah. was a lot of talk that he wasn't, that they gave him all the tools so that he could fail and they could clean sweep him out of there. Um, he's he's hit the ceiling on the range. It's been really cool to watch. Yeah, um, great, just a really great thrower of the ball. It's a, a big, long, accurate throw. And I wasn't I wasn't sold on Tyreek being a good match there. I thought he was going to have to share the ball, and he was going to get crabby, and he was going to be disappointed. But you know what? The other narrative that you can throw out the window is that Mahomes and Tyreek both need each other because they're both yeah. number one in yards without <laughs> the other one. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, and that's the thing I think sometimes people overstate it where they're like, oh, these guys had this great chemistry. It's like, no, no, no. I think maybe it's just that Tyree Kill is incredibly good at catching the football. And Patrick Mahomes is incredibly good at throwing the football. Yeah, that's it. If you put Justin Jefferson with Mahomes, you'd be like, well, they've got great chemistry. It's like, no, 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 no. They're both just fantastic at their jobs. Right. That's right. All right. That gets us to this question. Who is the only quarterback in NFL history to have a winning record in games when his team is trailing at the beginning of the fourth quarter. Oh, the only one. There's only one. And it's a giant drop-off. It's like 500 and something percent winning when your team's losing at the beginning of the fourth quarter. Is it Heineke? And the very next one is like 300 something. Is it it most percentage or most total games? Uh, Percentage. Heineke. Taylor Heineke. No, it's it's Patrick Mahomes. Oh, that makes sense. Because you know, Heineke's only played a few games, but he's been. Uh, I thought he's, that would almost be like a trick question because he's Heineke's had a lot of comebacks. scrappy and fun to watch. Yeah. I, I, I mean, like he, he was a Viking. I, you know what? God bless him. I wish him as well as I can wish anyone who plays for Jim Mercy's team. Uh, but uh, I wasn't like destroyed when he left the Vikings. You know, <laughs> I wish him well. There's nothing against the kid, but uh, yeah. you know, I like. Uh, I, I prefer our uh, our Nick Mullins backup. Uh, but that makes sense with Mahomes because, um, I mean, he isn't. You, you kind of forget how often he's behind because so often he's also, you know, it's like there was those those years where the Chiefs would just never play Mahomes in the fourth quarter because they were always up by thirty. Yeah. Um, but they do tend to fall behind. They had tend to have weird lapses in the second and third quarter. But I never watch a Chiefs game and think uh, I never think it's over. Like you know, some some teams is like they're down twenty one and you kind of like right. I'm gonna go make a sandwich, maybe go do some yard work, keep an eye on them through the window. I'm almost excited when the Chiefs are down by 14 because I'm like, oh, it's a close game. Yeah, that's what happened this week. They were down significantly. Oh, that Titans game was really fun. I thought that was a really fun game. You never counted them out. I that was I listened to almost the whole thing. Yeah, in fact, I was I was glad the Titans. I wanted with my wife being gone, I I wanted to like watch the whole game, you know. And I was like, well, this is just a Chiefs blowout. you know, that's no fun. So I was delighted yeah. that the Titans were winning. Yeah, yeah. It was scheduled to be a blowout. The The spread was 12 and a half. That I, you know, I'll say this about the <laughs> Titans. They do not get the respect that they deserve. I mean, they were the number one seed in the AFC last year. People kind of forget about that. I know, and, but Malik Willis was their quarterback. Like, yeah. Well, that, and they that still, was... And they still, like, were very much in the game till the yeah, very end. Oh, my God. They, at one point, they'd throw in for, like, 80 yards. It was, like, the third quarter, late in the third quarter. I mean, yeah, yeah. the passing game was beyond abysmal. But the running game is so from that game that I happened to see. They completed zero passes to a receiver yes. in the game. I wondered if they finished what? that because I saw that stat in the fourth quarter. They're like, so far, he's completed zero passes to receiver. It's like, woo! That's, that's that, that almost goal. happened to somebody else a couple of years ago. I forget who it was, but somebody was just throwing to their running backs all day long. <laughs> but zero. Uh, but you know, you know, 
a few. A yeah, few, even sure, even like, but zero. Just like a crappy screen pass, you know, or just a little right. out route. Like something that's like really boring. You're like, you didn't just <laughs> a lateral almost or something, you know? One of those, like, I don't know. It's very strange. But no, Malik Willis looks bad. He looks very, very bad. He's very green. It's more project, more maybe, project. Maybe you know, yeah. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm glad I don't, I don't have to worry about it. Put it that way. <laughs> got, I'm looking at the clock. We got to run, man. You got anything you want to plug? Tell the people where to find you and what to do. And yeah, at least, um, at least follow this guy on Twitter. He's a great follow. Oh, they at uh, while Twitter still exists. Uh, at real Brian Miller, spell it with a Y. Um, and then uh, if you are in the Fargo Moorhead area, which statistically not that many people are. But uh-huh. if you're anywhere in that area, I'm headlining uh, the New Year's Eve shows. In fact, I was gonna get I, I got the offer to feature for you for New Year's, but I'd already booked uh, I'd already booked uh, some headline shows. Oh, okay. Oh, uh, well, I'm sorry, I won't see you, but I, I'll, I, I'm gonna come. I'll see you before. I'll come hang out with you because I'm only doing Friday, Saturday, so I'll come. I'll come see you early in the week. Oh, okay, uh, cool, excellent. And so I'll be there to hang out. But then uh, I got the I got the big money headline gig. So yeah, headlining uh, one show Friday, two Saturday at the Cellar in Fargo. Uh, it's a fantastic comedy club it's really cool uh it will sell out so if you want to get tickets uh get on it now nice very nice well thanks for listening everybody we appreciate your support uh check out my schedule at kostaki.com i'm out there i'm doing uh, sioux falls and nevada iowa here in about a couple weeks um yeah you know what to do come join us on the socials at, at least watch and, and share uh mini helmet theater it's all the rage you know you love it all right thanks guys we'll talk to you soon We picked a catchy song, at least. Did how many takes did Glenn have to play to get this? (laughs) This is by a pro. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill.